Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hey, friends, welcome back. We have taken a nice little break here at the Do Something Beautiful podcast. The last episode I recorded was when I was at the Seek 2019 conference with uh, Focus. I interviewed Father Nathan from Catholic Stuff You Should Know. You can check out that episode. It was just the one previous to this one. I took a little break after that because I launched Lux University. You may have seen something about that. I talked a lot about it on social. Lux University is the first of its kind Catholic membership site for Catholic women so that we can become informed of the faith, inspired and empowered. So myself, along with other women, teach courses on the faith inside LuxU. And it's a great place for us to really know our faith better, as well as amazing community without online trolls. So really, really fun. Registration doors closed already. They closed at the beginning of March. If you're thinking about maybe joining, I will be opening up registration doors this upcoming fall of 2019. So if that's something you're you're thinking about or you were thinking about it before, but you didn't just pull the trigger on it, don't worry. You'll have another chance to do that later this fall. So that's one thing that's going on. The other thing that we're doing in particular to this podcast is that I have started a Patreon page for the Do Something Beautiful podcast. So if you want to contribute to this podcast to be a part of it, I would love your support. I need your support. Let me just be very frank with you there. You can go to patreon.com slash Darrow. And if anything, if anything, my friends, go take a look at the tiers I have I have created for membership. <laughs> It's it's good. It's really good. Now you know, you know I love the office. I have a I have a deeply disordered love for this TV show that's over now, but I watch it rewatch it constantly. So the membership tiers, the patron tiers have to do with the office. It would be fun for you. Let me just put it that way for you to check it out. So patreon.com slash Leodero. I'd love for you to become a patron of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. So go ahead and check out that. Now, this episode, today, we get to speak with Amanda Vernon. Now, I've known Amanda for years now. Jeez, I can't even, I don't even know how long. It's been, it's been a long time. And Amanda and I met at a conference, I believe. I was I was speaking. She was doing the music. And, I mean, outside of her, her raw, amazing talent that she clearly has, it's without a doubt, she's just so sincere. She's such a sincere gal. Like, what you see is what, what you get. And trust me, you get a lot. She's an amazing woman. Amanda Vernon, she's a full-time recording artist and author of the new memoir, When God Wrecks Your Romance, Orthodox Faith, Unorthodox Story. And let me tell you something, this is good. So that's what we talk about in this podcast is really about that book that she just wrote, co-wrote, When God Wrecks Your Romance. It is interesting. I got to tell you something. It's definitely not your, your, whatever you think it's going to be. Let me just say, it's not that. It's really, really great. Amanda has over a decade of experience in both studio recording and live performance. She grew up in the Midwest, but now she lives in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband and what she calls their spunky collection of children, ages two, four, six, and eight. God love you, Amanda. I feel your pain and your joy, but 
but I, but I, but I do feel your pain too. Amanda's fantastic. I'm going to get to the point because she has a lot of really beautiful things to say here in this interview. We talked about her book and not just about her book, but about really a underlying theme of what this book gets at that is a essential piece of the spiritual life, essential in our lives to really just be better humans. And so it's not just a conversation about a book. I don't want you to think that. there's It's so much deeper, but the book itself is actually quite interesting. And it's very interesting that you'll find out how it almost didn't get published. So without further ado, here is Miss Amanda. Hey, thank you, Leah. It's great to be here. I am so happy. Okay, you wrote a book. Yes, I did. It's got a catchy title, When God <laughs> when God Wrecks Your Romance. Right. Yeah. When God wrecks your romance, orthodox faith, unorthodox story. Okay. So I've watched the video trailer. I'm going to include that in the show notes so that y'all can see it because it's super, super fun. I love video trailers for books. I think they're so amazing. So thank you for doing that. But when I was watching this and watching the story of this unfold a little bit, I want to ask you a question. But first, let's back up and tell me It's you and someone else who co-authored this book. Why don't you (laughs) reveal that someone else? Right. Yes. So my co-author, his name is Father Matt Face, and he's a priest of the Congregation of Holy Cross. But actually, when we met, we were only 14 years old. So I've been friends with him long before he went by Father Matt. And uh, we wrote this memoir together. Amazing. Okay. So give us a little sneak peek. What is this about. Right. Well, essentially it's about two kids who fall for each other as teens and ultimately do not end up together. Um, But even though it's not like this Hollywood romantic story, there is a happy ending. And as you can see, and even in that little trailer that you mentioned, Leah, I'm so happily married to my husband, David. We have four beautiful kids. And now Matt, well, Father Matt, <laughs> is an ordained priest and like the most joyful priest I know. It's just amazing to see what God has done with our friendship. But the journey of how we got here today is all written down in our book. I love it. Now, when you were writing this book, you were asked by a Catholic publisher to write your story, to write this out with the idea that you gave them, I'm I'm assuming. And then Mm -hmm. you did that. You put together a book proposal, I'm assuming, or something like that. And they came back with some pretty interesting news. What (laughs) Can you tell our listeners what happened in this process? Right. So yeah, as you mentioned there, the publishing company actually contacted me and asked me what I'd like to write. And I I told them about this story and initially they were interested. And so, you know, Leah, from writing books, like writing the proposal takes a long time. Like you have to design the entire scope of the project. You have to plan out the chapters and really make a case for what the finished product is going to look like. So Father Matt and I spent almost a year working on that. (laughs) And once the publisher read our book, they didn't believe us. Like they, <laughs> like they I just think this, so what, I mean, okay, I guess like what was so unbelievable to them? Like, well, did they, do they, do they actually just like, like, they think you guys were making it up? I, I think they, they didn't think we were being quite honest. At least the questions that they asked me indicated that they were doubtful because I mean, part of it is a little bit romantic comedy. Like the fact that both 
Matt and I, when we were younger, we didn't realize the way that we both felt about each other. <laughs> like we're like totally in love with each other, like thinking about each other, praying for each other, right? Like never saying it. <laughs> right, right. But like, as we explained in our book, we really believe that the Lord was working through that, like guarding our hearts because we were in prayer and we were asking God to lead our friendship. And so that's what we want to share is that protection of God at his providence. But the publishing company said, I find it remarkable that neither of you said anything about your feelings. I find it hard to believe that that you didn't know about these feelings. Are you being really honest about that? Or do you need to be more forthcoming with your audience? And I'm like, oh. Jeez. I will <laughs> say it is a good editor in a sense to ask hard questions Absolutely. But it crosses a line of coming around and saying, I mean, I guess unless you, I mean, it's not like it's a bad question. If you want to be like, hey, no, is yes. this true or not? We, we should be brave Correct. enough to ask those questions. But at the same time, like you said, it, you know, God is God and God's providence and how he works in our life is such where the unbelievable can be believable mm, with God. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you're, you're totally correct, Leah, that an editor needs to ask the questions, even if let's say your editor believes you, but they say, you know, maybe somebody in your audience is not going to believe you. So how can you say this in a way that helps them to understand your perspective, helps them to understand that something pretty much unbelievable happened in your life through the Lord. So that's a great point. But what they asked me to do is to kind of write the story only on my own. And I just prayed about it, especially with my husband. And we really believe that this is a story I needed to tell with Father Matt because it's our story together. And Father Matt's, his community, you know, the other priests and brothers in Holy Cross who speak in in authority over Father Matt, they agreed as well. So that's why we wrote this book together in this way. And we can share it with you and your listeners today. I love it. I love it. So when God wrecks your romance, and don't worry, we're going to give you links inside the podcast notes for you to grab the copy. Super fun, super great. I love the cover. Everything about it is just really beautifully thought out and done. So let me ask you a few questions about the book. I know we don't want to give everything away, right? But But I do have some questions that I want to get into here. So like at one point, like why were you sure that Matt, Father Matt now, um, like was the one for you? Right. You know, I I hoped that he was. <laughs> I couldn't really think about my future without picturing Matt, this young kid, right, in my life. And I couldn't shake that feeling that he, I needed to be with this person, that it was so important for him to be part of my life. And so I imagined that would mean getting married, Um, especially because I couldn't even just, I just couldn't picture my future any other way. And that was so strongly on my heart through all of high school and even, (laughs) even as Matt joined the seminary, which was really confusing for me at the time. Yeah, it often is for many women at that point. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting, really interesting of what you're saying because sometimes we paint God into these black and white areas of our life. Like mm-hmm. God can be here, but he can't be there. Mm-hmm. If God says something, he means it this way. He can't mean it that yeah. way. You know, I mean, like it's just some. sometimes we put these parameters around God who is 
boundaryless, right? Like he does not, there's no boundary for God that he can't cross over. Mm-hmm. And whenever you, you just said that you just couldn't imagine Matt not being in your life. Right. God was saying, yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. He will right? always be in you. Cause like, I just look, I mean, now you, you're married to David. You guys have got four kids. And what Matt, Father Matt is now in your life in a he very is, yeah. close way still. It's just God was completely correctly directing yeah. <laughs> you in that it just didn't look the way you thought because you were thinking, well, that must mean dating. That must mean marriage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Because especially because my feelings were just so strong and so distinct. And as you're saying, like God he has no no limits, no boundaries, but certainly my mind does. And so right. I just couldn't fathom. And I mean, even looking at my book cover now, I just laugh. I'm like, I cannot even believe that we <laughs> that we're I know. I know. I, I love it. And, and uh, it's really, you You do need to check out the book cover. Even, let me tell you something. Even if you're like not sure about the book, trust me, you check the book cover and then you're going to want to buy it because it's very catching. <laughs> it's going to pull everything off the shelf. Um, it'll definitely stand out. It's beautifully done. Really, really is. And there's Thank so you. it says so much about your story when you know it. And then you look at the cover, you're like, Ah, okay. I'm seeing, <laughs> I, I see all the little, the purposeful pieces in that. So let me ask you now the counter question to my first question. Why were you sure that he was the one? Like, what was the reason that made you sure he wasn't the one? Mm. Well, I was sure that Matt, then a seminarian by this point, was not the one for me to be married to once I knew that David was. Ooh. I mean, that's it. Wow. That is so hard to sometimes accept. <laughs> yeah. Like not for yeah, you personally, there, but right? like yeah. sometimes it's just like, well, I think this is the right way until something else comes along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works like that. And sometimes we have to take, which still is a leap of faith of what you're doing, but it sometimes is a different leap of faith when you're like, you have to put down whatever you think is right because it's just not working out and then you have to wait in the unknown and Mm. so even when Matt was at the seminary you're still thinking this is the one for me is that right (laughs) yes I love this I love it because I'm like it's only discernment like any day now the Lord's gonna let him know like he'll just discern it's Amanda and not Jesus (laughs) well you know like marriage is supposed to image our love of God and like he'll realize that like you know, he loves God so much and needs to love God through being with me. And um, <laughs> I was hopeful. I was, I was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, again, God used this amazing hope that you had to kind of, I guess, redirect. And I I'm, I'm definitely can't speak for God in your life at all. I would never dare to. But it just seems like he, God allowed this hope not to necessarily be fizzled out, but just redirected. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that that hope that was in my heart about my feelings for Matt, about my care for him, and really my love for him, that hope, because it was rooted in the Lord and covered in prayer, and I believe from God, like that hope does not disappoint. And so now, I mean, our friendship and the way that Father Matt is a part of my family life, the way that he and David our friends for each other, like their friendship. It's so spiritual. It's so incredibly fruitful. 
the fact that Father Matt is the godfather for one of our children, like heard my son's first confession. It just, it's like beyond the love that I pictured for myself. And it's just more than I hoped. I love that. And I, I think that is so important. To, oh gosh, it makes me tear up to think about it. Like the love is beyond more than you hoped. You're wanting this person in your life who you've known since you were 14, Matt, to be in your life. You want to love him. You want him to love you. And God is saying, yes, that will happen. Mm. He will love yeah. you and you will love him and he will serve you, Amanda, but not the way that you think. And what a beautiful surrender that obviously at some point, both you and Matt had in your heart mm-hmm. that you you allowed to happen in that surrender so that God could work in your life together still. I mean, it's not that it's always going to work out just like that for everybody else, but the reality that it will work out where God will not yeah. let your hope fall on unfruitful ground, that will happen. God yeah. will take care of us and his hope is everlasting. And that is so beautiful. And I think the fact that you just mentioned, because I was going to ask you about that between David and Matt, Father Matt now, mm-hmm. were you nervous to introduce them? <laughs> like, well, well, I can only imagine that, that. I'm sure that takes a big turn in the book. Like when yeah. these two guys meet up. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of this, there's a scene in the book where Matt, when he's still a seminarian, so I'm engaged to David at this point and I'm talking to Matt and all of these feelings are like coming to light for us. And we're putting the pieces together of everything that we missed over all those years. But then what I don't get into in the book, which I'll share with you today is like, I went and told that whole thing to David afterward. Really? (laughs) And, And David and I were not married yet. So he's like, wait a minute thinking like, this is the guy that I had waited for for seven years. Now I'm finding out that he had these feelings for me all along. Like, what am I going to do? You know, like, what am I going to choose? And David said to me, he's like, what does this mean? And he was just kind of looking at me with tears in his eyes, like, and I said, I said, it means I'm choosing you. Um, I I believe God is calling us to marriage. I'm so happy (laughs) about this. But then... So Matt, still a seminarian, attended our wedding, actually. And the first time we all actually got to spend time together, you know, like not like in a wedding greeting line or something, (laughs) was when, so David and I were married and Matt was still a seminarian. And it was after a concert of mine and Matt came out to like a dinner with some of my family members and with David. And afterward, David told me, he's like, it's really hard not to like Matt, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, how beautiful. Did you, I mean, I think some people would feel like, oh my gosh, worlds are colliding. Right. And I would imagine, I can't speak for you, but like, did you have some anxiety about that? You know, Concern or worry? It's actually, this might be somewhat amazing, but parts of our story are, it hasn't been really until the last year, I would say the last six months, that a lot of that discomfort has finally come to the surface for all of us. This is actually for David and me. Like I think Father Matt has been cautious of that the whole time, like really respectful of our feelings and of course like of our marriage. Just he's just ready to step back like and at any point that David says like this is too much. But David and I have had to work through some really challenging and uncomfortable just like questions between the two of us and what it means to have Father Matt's friendship in our life and what that meant to us back then and just sort of of unraveling that. So it's sort of 
almost in retrospect, because just in this moment when that was all happening, I was just so excited. <laughs> I was just so excited that like the Lord is, is fulfilling all this hope and like these men who I love them and I care about them and I want to serve them as their sister in Christ, like they're going to be friends. You know, I was just so excited. And so it's now that we're writing this book and sharing it with people that we have to really keep giving those feelings back to the Lord and keep trusting Him with it. Amen. Amen. And there's always that element of healing that's needed in our life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean something bad happened. Right. It just could mean that, you know, plans change. God wrecks plans or um, <laughs> wrecks a romance. Or maybe it's just changes. They're just changes in life that mm. have taken us maybe by surprise or the surprise has happened in the, you know, more latency state, you know, later than yeah, we thought. exactly, and, exactly. And we're just having to deal with that and process it. And it just, for me lately, this is how God's been speaking to me. It's just, it's all about healing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Everything's about healing. And I mean, even like, why did Christ come for healing yeah. from Adam and Eve from the very beginning? Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. after they... They disobeyed that one rule. They took a bite of that fruit that they shouldn't have. Healing was then needed. Healing was not needed prior to that point in in all of humanity. Right. That's such a beautiful point, yeah. It's just beautiful when you can, these moments of healing in our life that are difficult and hard, but they require that surrender. And I love your story because it shows actually, yes, God's love, yes, God's hope for our life, but it shows God's healing power as well in these processes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I like how you said, like, it might not be something bad as as far as like, it doesn't necessarily mean that like we did the wrong thing or we sinned, right? Like, right. you know, there's a story of like of Jesus healing the blind man and people think, oh, he, he must be blind because he's a sinner or his parents were sinners, you know? And, and Jesus was like, no, <laughs> that's not, this is for my glory. This is to reveal my glory. Like Jesus reveals his glory in our lives through healing us. Yes, 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 Amanda. Yes. I love that. He does reveal his glory through healing. I love that you said that. Yes. And I feel like there might be some of your listeners who are going through things now that they're just not necessarily ready to like open up as far as like like a wound maybe that they're carrying, but there will come a time when they are ready and the Lord knows like exactly when in their life they will be ready for that healing, when he's going to walk down that road, right? Like sort of like that, the blind man who calls out to Jesus, there was a point in that man's life when this was meant to be like for God to come and to touch him and to heal him that others will be able to just glorify God. And the Lord knows when that healing is coming for each of us. Mm, Amen. I love this. I think as we've been talking about how in your book, you know, God wrecks your romance and, and how sometimes God wrecking our plans, it's not necessarily this destruction, that God is bringing into our life. No. Um, it's more about a redirection of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God doesn't come to take our joy away, but if we ever feel like, oh no, you know, we're, lo- we're losing something, I'm praying and I'm not getting the happiness I desire, it's only because He has a better joy waiting for us. Amen. And oftentimes I've noticed in life, 
When we get nervous, when we feel like we're losing control, we end up, in a sense, closing our fist and we want to hold on tight to whatever it is we currently have, even if it's our own pain, Mm. because it's familiar. And Mm -hmm. the response that Christ is calling us to is more of that surrender. It's the open hand. It's the open heart, the open life of saying, Lord, come and do your will, right? Mm. Lord, here Mm -hmm. I am. I'm here for you. And that, I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do, but- it is a state of being that we should pay attention to that when, because Christ is calling us into those moments. Mm. He doesn't want us to like come into ourselves and tighten up and grasp yeah. at things. He wants us to open up to his love and his will. And it's what's beautiful is that in your book, that's exactly in the end, what was unfolding <laughs> slowly, slowly, which I love is that it wasn't just this one crazy moment, but it was a slow <laughs> unfolding of the surrender between you and God and Matt and God. Mm-hmm. And then all three of you together that was showing God's divine plan and providence in your lives. And it's still unfolding now. It's just a beautiful thing. So when God does, in a sense, wreck our plans, right? Redirect his Mm -hmm. love in our life. What do we do? What should we do? What are some pointers you can give us? Right. Well, I would say when we feel like God is wrecking our, our plans or in a sense, like we're not getting what we envisioned or we're really longing for in the way that we pictured it, I think we can take that stance of open hands that you just described, Leah. Like here I am feeling like, oh, everything is slipping through my fingers. So even like to pray with hands open, I was just doing this the other night, like praying with my hands open. Look, I don't have anything to offer anymore. Yeah. (laughs) What's so beautiful about that? Then your hands are open and the Lord then can fill, can fill your hands, can fill your heart when your heart is broken, can come and fill those spaces where you feel like, oh, I'm lacking or I don't have what I was hoping for, to just trust that God wants to fill you with his joy and with his blessing and with his healing. I love that. I love that. Yes, exactly. I think I think you're right. I think easiest thing to do is just to remain open in that surrender space. And, you know, obviously, I mean, God wants dialogue. He wants conversation with us. He wants us to tell him how we feel about that process. It's not just being like, Lord, I'm going to be open and I'm going to love it because this is what I should do. God's like, no, talk to me, right? Like I want this relationship and it's a two-way street. So tell Mm -hmm. me your pain. Tell me your fears. Tell me your concerns, right? Yeah, that's it. And in our our book, When God Wrecks Your Romance, there are a number of situations that both Father Matt and I describe in which we had to go through that purification of our hearts. And there's one scene that's, that's particularly poignant with, with Father Matt when he was still a seminarian, like picturing his life without me and talking to the Lord about what it would be like to live without me. And he just kind of went through what he imagined it (laughs) it would be like not to have me in his life. And just, he was trying to get to the point where he could accept that. And I won't say too much more about that section, but I hope that there are parts of our story that will help your listeners to have hope that when they go through those moments of surrender and when they're wrestling with just the the moment of being called to let something go, to give God that space in, in their life, that this book could be an encouragement that God will certainly not disappoint. I love that. 
I love that. Amanda, where can we find your book and where can we get in touch with you? Yeah, the best place to find our book is whengodwreckyourromance.com. That's our website. And there's actually an audio book where Father Matt and I narrate the entire story if you oh, want to listen to it. That's amazing. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise you can order a copy on there. And that also connects with my website as well so that people can get in touch with me that way. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. This is so good. I'm so happy that you follow God's will again. And both of you again, and you put this out there because it's easy to read stories with happy endings that are what we want them to be. Mm. It's different to read a story with a happy ending that's not initially what we wanted it to be. Yeah, that's well said, Leah. You know, in fact, in closing here, as my husband David was reading this book, sort of like after we had published it and we had worked so hard on it, he went through and he read it again. He's like, wait. He's like in the story, right? He's like, wait, why did you, wait, why did you start dating me instead of like talking to, uh, to Matt? And he's like rooting for Matt. And I'm like, dude, David, David, like, do you I hear yourself? You. <laughs> I know. He's like into it, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Okay, Amanda, before we head out, a few things left. One I want from you, could you give our listeners a challenge before we wrap up this podcast? Yeah, Absolutely. My challenge for your listeners is to take some time this week to pray with your hands raised high in victory. I just find it so powerful to pray you know, with our bodies and to express our trust in God, even through our posture. And so for me, I'm just like right now, as I'm speaking, I'm just having my hands held high, like, you know, like in football, when there's a touchdown, you're just like, woo, and yes. your hands are just raised like victory. You know, in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus says, all that you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it shall be yours. Amen. Just pray in that stance of just like praising God and, and claiming his mercy and his healing in your life today. I love it. I love it. Amanda, you are fabulous, amazing, prayerful. I am so happy to call you my sister in Christ. I'm so happy that we were able to have you on the podcast to talk about, especially this book, but all the beautiful things that you do, which we didn't get a chance to go over, but I will get the link. You need to check out Amanda and her amazing music um, that she puts out for people all over the world. And we are praying for you. I'm praying for the success of this book, that it reaches people in a place of healing and surrender that they need to for God's love in their life. Mm, thank you, Leah. It's just, it's just a pleasure to talk with you. I'm so glad that we are in touch. I'm, I'm so glad that we can share our faith in this yes. way, just so openly. And and just thank you for your encouragement. It means, it means so much to me and to so many others. Oh, I love it. Amen. Okay, so before we leave, a couple of things that I wanted to let you, my beautiful listeners, know about. There's something new that we're doing on the podcast here. I have started a Patreon page for the Do Something Beautiful podcast. If you want to be a part of this team helping us create amazing podcasts, there is some really fun tiers that you need to check out. So you can go to patreon.com slash Leah Darrow to come support the podcast and get on board with what we're trying to do. We're going to do some new things with the podcast and I need your support and help. So you can come be a part of my team, patreon.com slash Leah Darrow. And a couple shout outs. I need to get a shout out to two new patrons that I got. I'm so excited. Nicole Berry and Casey Darrow. Thank you so much for your support. I love you. They are patrons at the Pam Beasley level of support. So yes, <laughs> I actually have 
the tears of becoming a patron of my podcast are from The Office, which is, you know, if you know me, it is exactly, it is insane. And for the record, if you're an Office fan, you just got to check out my Patreon page because I actually received an email from one of the executives of Patreon saying, <laughs> we love your tears. Let us know if we can help. Um, and it was a personal, it was a personal email. It was not like put out there. So you should go check it out because they're pretty funny. That's all I'm going to say is that they're pretty insane. I've got some really fun things there. But again, shout out to my two new patrons. Oh my gosh. Praise be to God. Thank you for your support. I'm Nicole Berry and Casey Darrow. Love it, love it, love it. And if you want to be a part of the Do Something Beautiful podcast, if you want to be a part of this team, go check it out. Patreon.com slash Leah Darrow. Come be a part of the team. And remember, whatever you do today, do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And I'll talk to you later. 